Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. My next guest is Holly Gordon. She's the co-founder and CEO of Girl Rising, an amazing organization. You're going to need to check them out online. I had an absolutely delightful time and not enough time to unpack some of the things that we talked about. Holly and I talked about girls' education transforming society. We talked about uh, ideological implications of what, what's happening around the world. We talked about attitudes and structural problems and about 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 shifts in thinking and, 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 and the gap between the head and the heart. And why is that the good? Google always wants numbers, and and where does you know where do relationships actually fit into this? She's a, a, a journalist. Um, she is a filmmaker. She uh, was named as uh, by Newsweek and Daily Beast as one of 125 women of impact. Forbes magazine has also named the Girl Rising movement the the number one most dynamic social initiative uh, back in 2012. So. Uh, Check out Girl Rising. You're going to enjoy this conversation. It was an absolute delight for me. Please also davidpecklive.com to uh, find out. uh, We're about to publish our 150th. We may have even gone beyond that podcast. Uh, You'll see more there at davidpecklive.com. We've got some great people coming up. Rabble.ca. You can find them there on iTunes. And we'll, um, we'll see you real soon. You're going to enjoy this interview with Holly Gordon. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a, a very special guest today. Holly Gordon is joining us. She's the co-founder and CEO of an organization called Girl Rising. We're about to find out a little bit more about her and the organization. Holly, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, David. It's a pleasure to be here. So why, why education? Why advocacy? What is so important about changing the way I think? Well, it's interesting, and I'm going to separate those two questions. Okay, yeah, go why yeah, education, and secondly, why advocacy? Um, why education? Well, I would put it to you. What has education given you um, or given any one of your listeners? Um, education is freedom. Education is uh, financial security. Education is safety. Um, all, 
almost anyone who is um, a productive member of society mm. reaps the rewards of um, their economic rewards by using their brain and their critical thinking skills and their knowledge of the world and their ability to process and access access and process information. Um, and so without education, the four walls of your life mm. are very much closer nice. uh, to your nose, if you will. Right. right? And so the more education, the more the walls of your life can expand and the more opportunities and, and choices you can have in your life and the more prosperous and healthier you will be. And as a result, the more prosperous and healthier your offspring will be and the more stable uh, your country will be. And it's no different for girls than boys. Mm. But unfortunately, um, because of traditions and, and, and gender-based um, discrimination, many girls around the world don't have equal access to education right, right. as boys. And so um, over the last 20 years, there have been a lot of, there's a lot of focus on education. Education is a very difficult thing to measure. It's also a very difficult thing to provide. Um, we know that in, certainly in the United States, um, there's a lot of controversy about how good our public education system is, but we do have one. We have a, a, a public education that's open uh, to boys and girls through the age of 18, provided by the state. Um, but around the world, that's not the case. Education um, beyond primary school, um, and even sometimes including primary school, mm -hmm. costs money. Mm -hmm. And once economics are involved, um, it's more likely that a family will pay for their boy to become educated than their girl, and that a girl will be valued for her body rather than her mind. Um, and that devaluation of a girl's mind uh, sets off a cycle of, um, of devaluation for the rest of her life, whether that be for her own health um, and uh, security and economic productivity, but then also for her children. And so you perpetuate a, gen a generational um, holding back, if you will. Do you think, so, do you, do you think it is, is it, is it, a, is, I mean, it's gender disparity, clearly. Is it, is it based in culture, do you think, to some degree, Holly, or is it, is it, is it simpler than that, or is it way deeper than that? Well, in my experience, I mean, I can't talk to every place in yeah, every part of the right, world. Right, of course. Yeah. Um, but in my experience, it is based around uh, traditional um, roles, um, around hunter-gatherer versus mm. keeping the home, mm -hmm. and um, protecting uh, protecting the sort of procreational um, uh, piece of um, of development, i.e. Um, you know, a girl turns into a woman who has babies and, and the human race goes on. Right. And so, but, and, and, and it's usually, you know, it, it, it's gender-based because of a woman's ability to reproduce. Um, hmm. So, uh, you know, in many places, um, if, the, if, it's, if the tradition is that a woman can't be seen in the marketplace, well, then she can't participate in commerce, and then her greatest value is going to be caring for children and how much education do you need to care for children. Right. Or she's going to be married, and then she's going to bring all of whatever economic benefit, whether that be the caretaking at home or a, 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 you know, a job, she's going to bring whatever economic benefit to her husband's family. So why would I invest in my daughter when she's going to go belong to someone else down the road? Right, right. Right? So, you know, it's multi-layer, but yeah, it's tradition, and it's cultural, and it's, um, it's, it's attitude is what I'm getting at. It's right. not... It's, it's the, the, there are structural barriers to education, which are there aren't enough schools, the teachers don't show up, there aren't books or, or, or school supplies. Mm -hmm. But then there are attitudinal 
barriers, which is you're a girl, you have no value, I'm not investing in you. Are, girl, are girls seen as um, not as bright? Uh, or, or is it truly just connected to, well, my son's going to be a better farmer, therefore, or he can lift heavier um, 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 boxes? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, is I it, think, is yeah, I, I mean, I, again, I can't speak for everyone around the world, but I think it's more like um, it doesn't matter how bright she is because she's just going to have babies. It's right. sort of like, yeah. why would I send you to college? You're just going to get married and have babies. I mean, that was a viewpoint right. of it oh, sure. in, in this yep. country. Yep. Yep. You know, why is she here? She's just well, getting her MRS degree. It's, a, you know, it's an extension of, of the woman's places in the home. In a, That's right. In some, That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, for, and the reason that that can change has everything to do with, it, certainly in this, con- in this country and developed world, there are now um, machines that can take the burden away from a, from a woman. You know, we have laundry. We have... Um, you know, laundry machines and dishwashers and the very, um, the, the very um, acts of survival that, uh, that are necessary, right, um, can be, uh, have been replaced in much of the developing world. But they're still necessary in the, in, uh, sorry, in the developed world, but they're still necessary in the developing world. And so what the shift is, um, and it's actually links to a book that's just out by Anne-Marie Slaughter called Unfinished Business, hmm. is... Um, is the devaluation of the role of caring. Hmm. That caring has always been a woman's role. Right. Nursing, teaching, staying at home with your children. And as, the, as sort of um, societies open up and become more equal, so that role of caring must, too, be equally shared. Otherwise, you'll never get gender parity because if you undervalue caring, um, then, then it, it will always... Um, by undervaluing caring, it will mean that um, traditional uh, gender roles persist. I, I interviewed a woman last week whose documentary film called Wasted is appearing tonight on, on CBC, uh, uh, The Nature of Things, and she follows a, a, an alcoholic who reoffends and falls back into his old ways, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, uh, based, the whole film is based on compassionate-based evidence care which I think yeah. is really a, a wonderful sort of way to look at it, a wonderful phrase. You got that sort of hard, rational, scientific edge, the numbers, the data, the evidence. But hang on a minute here. Let's not forget that there's a, there's a human element here that we do need to share, that That's you right. know, we are all in this together, right? And, With you know, you hear stories in the 1950s of men who, um, who went to work every day and never saw their kids. Uh, yeah, and yeah. that was their job, right? Yeah. And, and you talk Boggle, about Boggles my father. mind, Holly. Bog- as, a, as a dad with eight and ten-year-old, boggles my mind. There you go. But yeah. you talk to a modern father, and he says, I need to make time for my family. Well, that's a humongous shift, and that's a shift in caring. That's a right. shift in right. thinking, well, you know, a, a kid needs his mother. No, his kid needs a mother and a father. And a father, yeah. Right? And workplaces need women and men. And every every race, because we are, you know, I love watching television today because um, American television is so much more reflective of a multicultural, mm. you know, um, society that we live in. You know, I remember the days when you turned on television and you could, would not ever see a black face, and now you have 
Uh, my daughter just introduced me to a, a show called How to Get Away with Murder, with yes. Angela Davis as the lead character playing this lawyer. And I, I didn't grow up with any television right. shows that had a right. lead black right. female character. Right. Yep. right. And so that is about attitudes changing. Mm-hmm. That is how you change attitudes, which leads me to your, your first question, which yes. is about advocacy, right? So I am not an advocacy person. I'm a journalist. Hmm. And I came to Girl Rising as a journalist um, with a team at the, docu- at, at, uh, the documentary group, which is a, 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 a film company started originally by Peter Jennings, a proud Canadian. Thank you. Uh, Very nice plug. I like it. That's right. Um, do you want to talk? Peter, actually, do you want to shift gears and talk about our, our good-looking prime minister? Would that? Be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's he's a great champion for women. I really like him. I'm a big I'm a big fan, as most of my listeners probably know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's so great. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I loved what he said on the first day. Oh, isn't that awesome? His, because the makeup of his cabinet, you know, and I'd love to be out of the world of advocating for women and girls because mm-hmm. I wish it would just be a fait accompli. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's like, really? Yeah. Do we have to be talking? Well, about I love, you know, you hear stuff and you go, hang on a minute. We are in the 21st century, aren't we? You know, that's, that's, right. that's kind of in my line. Yeah. So, um, so you so came out of journalism? Advocacy. So I came out of journalism, and we were asked to research how do you break cycles of poverty hmm. um, as journalists to hmm. take a look at that very big, complex, big, hairy question. And what came out of that research was um, this, we didn't go in with a gender bias, but what came out is that if you can educate girls through adolescence and give them the skills and training that allow them to be full participants in society, you can break poverty in just one generation. Because for each year of education that a girl achieves uh, in secondary education, her income rises by 10%. That is not insignificant. Yeah, Women crazy. are 80% of the crop growers around the world. You educate a girl further through adolescence, she grows more food. She is, she's 50% more likely to vaccinate There's her children. I mean, come her on, Holly. survive over the age of five. There's right? such a deep irony to this that just, it kind of cracks me up in a way. You know, I mean, I grew up, and when I say cracks me up, I just, it just, it infuriates me in in the sense that, okay, so hang on a second here. We're going to invest in boys because they're way better than girls are for whatever reason, X, Y, and Z. But actually, when you start looking at the numbers and digging down, what you find is completely the opposite, it sounds. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the ripple effect of investing in a boy is not as deep and deeply embedded in society. Now, I choose to think that the reason that boys have been invested in over time over girls is not for any kind of nefarious reason. It's because the world was a dangerous place. Mm. And if you were going mm-hmm. to let someone go out of the house, it should be the stronger person. Right. Right? Right. And th- we have grown up from a hunter-gatherer yeah. root. Yeah, and sure. so we ha- we live in a patriarchy. And so it just... Anyway, um, but... But advocacy was not what we were after. What we were after was we were journalists who discovered this truth, that girls' education transforms societies. And that Mm. in the world today, I mean, you're a participant, there is distribution for everyone now. It it used to be when Peter Jennings or before him, Walter Cronkite, sat down at the evening news desk, the world listened. And that an article on the front page of the New New York Times could move Congress because enough people, or even my favorite example is FDR. FDR would sit down on a, Friday, on a Sunday night and deliver a fireside chat, and everyone in America was listening. Right. Just imagine if the president had the year of every American the way FDR had. You could make change quickly. Sure. But today, if you have the most important story of our time, how do you distribute it? <clears throat> how do you make sure people hear it? 
And so that is where Girl Rising was born. Girl Rising was born as a film product project hmm. that then became, for lack of a better word, a distribution experiment. Hmm. Um, and the distribution hmm. today, um, to distribute content today, um, to me, is deeply rooted in finding partnership. It's finding um, other organizations or individuals who share your belief, who share a common understanding with you, and if you can be the content creator, they will help you um, speed that content around the world. And so we created partnerships. We've created partnerships with nonprofit organizations. We created partnerships with some of the greatest performers in the world today, Meryl Streep, Anne Hathaway, Alicia Keys, Liam Neeson. We created partnerships with the Intel Corporation, and we worked with CNN to distribute across CNN. So um, we created partnerships with philanthropists like Paul Allen, who very generously was a very generous and early funder of Girl Rising. Hmm. But each one of these, we created partnerships with policy leaders like Rebecca Winthrop at the Brookings Foundation, the Brookings Institute. Every one of these partners brought an area of expertise and an ability to reach an audience. And so our job was to create really compelling content, and their job was to get to bring audiences together through their various, you know, influences to it to in, ingest that content and be inspired that by that content, and then bring change in whatever community that. They so may live so in. so Holly, it's kind of my world. This whole idea of so change, social change. How do you you yeah. know the question as a philosopher? I continue to ask is how do I get somebody to care about the global south? You know, do yeah. I, do I get them on a plane? You know, my country I work in, Cambodia, I'm working on a project up in the northern part, agricultural system. How do I get people to give a rat's ass about this part of the world, right? And, yeah. And, and, and in the same way, so you can get somebody to hear the message. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, have you guys found out a way? And, you know, I love your site and how you say, you know, I think you say basically we want to change the world through storytelling, which is so yeah. cool. I mean, is there something about that that, um, hmm, resonates, sure. that resonates in a way that, that, you know, that numbers don't, that, 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 that yeah, PowerPoint presentations sure. don't. There's a, there's a big gap between head and heart. Mm. And, and, and you know this, I'm sure, that, you know, research shows that you can quote data. And if you walk into Google, you know, I, I love the folks at Google. They always want to talk to you about your numbers. Right. Um, right. But I can tell you that, you know, there are 62 million girls around the world who are not in school today. Or I can tell you a story of mm -hmm. Soka in Cambodia who grew up picking trash on a trash heap in Phnom Penh, and, um, uh, you know, she, um, how she was rescued, and she's now, um, you know, in school, and uh, graduated top of her class. She was an orphan, right, who literally picked trash for three years to survive with her sister. And we tell these individual stories, um, uh in Girl Rising, they aren't stories of, you know, people say, um, gosh, your girls in, in Girl Rising are so incredible and extraordinary. Soka, Sena, Roxana, Azmira, the girls whose stories we tell in Girl Rising. And I say, no, they're not. They're extraordinary stories about ordinary girls. Mm -hmm. And the reason mm -hmm. I say that is because you, by getting to know one girl, you get to know millions. Yeah. And so it's the power of making the individual connection. It's kind of like gossip, right? Okay. Gossip websites basically are just trading in the latest news about human beings. 
And the more you read about those human beings, the more you actually think you might actually know them. You're friends with them. <laughs> They're part of your life. Did you hear that thing about Kim Kardashian and what she did, blah, yeah. blah, blah, right? So Girl Rising is sort of plays on the same human um, human instinct to want to know more about other human beings, but for, a, I would argue, for a much um, <laughs> more productive outcome. Oh, come on. You subscribe to The Inquirer. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. But that's what the, the inquirer is storytelling. Yeah, it is, so without you a doubt. Can, if you can make someone care about an individual, and that's why, as you said, do you take them there? Yeah, if you can, but that's a heck of a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's why I believe that media has an incredibly powerful role to play, especially, mm-hmm. you know, video. Um, it has a real role to play in social change because um, it, it, it humanizes issues. Um, nice. I yeah. like to point. Sorry, I'm a bit of a run-on sentence. But I'll tell no, you. I'll, I'll pause in one second. Um, I like to talk about um, the progression in this country of um, gay marriage and the acceptance of gay marriage. And you know, I see the roots of that whole movement in Ellen uh, kissing a woman on her show. Hmm. And wow. if you look at that moment in history, what she, what Ellen did by publicly kissing a woman on her show, one of the most popular television shows you know, on the air at that time, is she said, you love me, then you need to know this thing about me. Right. And, and it's very hard to hate. It's very hard to other someone mm. who you think you know. Now you're using a philosopher's language. Love. I love it. Right? <laughs> It's great. Um, and I would say the same for Bruce Jenner. Mm. Transformation into Caitlyn. He did more by publicly transforming into a woman for the conversation about around transgendered people than years and years of advocacy on the streets of New York or you know protests or because everyone knows Bruce Jenner. He's an incredible athlete. And he took what was a conversation that I probably couldn't have had at a dinner mm, table right, in my right. very conservative New York City suburb, and he cracked it wide open. And change only happens when you are, create an environment for conversation. Nice. Right? Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, so, listen, I, I, I don't want to miss out on this question. You sound incredibly positive to me. And, 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 and uh, motivated and passionate and committed to this cause and this initiative. But I, I think that's probably just a lot about your personality, but it's probably about the initiative as well. Are, are, things, are things really changing? I mean, are they systemically oh, changing? Oh, sure. Definitely. Yeah, you can't stop progress. Oh, yeah. And, and they're not changing because of Girl Rising alone. I mean, that would be ridiculous, and I know that's not what you were insinuating, but... Charles Sandberg, Marissa Meyer, Hillary Clinton, mm. Tina Brown, Sheree mm-hmm. Blair, um, Aung San Suu Kyi, uh, Prime Minister Merkel. You know, mm-hmm. one of the reasons that things are changing, and it's the same as Viola Davis, right? Mm-hmm. Things are changing um, because the world has changed, and, and, and women can only... The things, once you're in power, you can start to change things, right? And so the numbers have been against us because yep. until the 1920s, we actually couldn't vote in this country. 
So it's been a long slog. <laughs> right. um, and, yeah. you know, Gloria Steinem and her, the whole 60s revolution, like, they really laid the groundwork. But it's just, it's just that the numbers are with us now. And so you can't put that genie back in the bottle. And it, it is slow, but equality is equality, and justice is justice. And, and what I would say is I look at something like the um, – the baby goods industry, because I'm a realist too, right? Mm-hmm. Economics yep. are a driving sure. force in any change. Sure. And I look at um, uh, baby products. So when I had my babies, it sounds like we're a similar track, but, it, you know, it was 2002. Okay. I yep. had my first child. There was only one stroller on the market, really. I mean, there <laughs> were some, but McLaren had the corner on the The market. only one a responsible parent would buy is what you're saying. Yeah, the responsible, <laughs> and who obviously is economically had the economic wherewithal. Yeah, of course. I think it was about a $100 stroller, so it wasn't yeah, cheap. But, yeah. you know, that, but I'll tell you, uh, that McLaren version of a stroller, you couldn't stroll on gravel or the beach or... But, but, but I am of a generation of women who have gone into business, and somewhere along the line, enough women were in business, in the baby business, that someone woke up and said, oh, my God, there has been no innovation in the baby industry <laughs> right, right. in 100 right. years. Right. Right? And yeah, someone... Yeah. I, think, I think Oscar Wilde's wife had one of these, yeah. Right? Yeah. And... The baby wipe warmer. And, you know, when I bought my diaper bag, there were two choices, black or gray. There is a whole market now totally devoted. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Baby What's that? Third... apparel and stuff for the mom. Yeah, 14 years later. Right? Your cute bag, your cute stroller, your cute windbreak bag. Thing. The, 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 the over-the-shoulder baby carrier that I carried with my first child was so freaking uncomfortable. I found <laughs> anyone who have wanted to put that thing on. Yes. And now I just bought one for a friend. It's like a, it's like a Cadillac. Yeah, the coach right? bag of diaper exactly, bags. Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, that's awesome. So, so, but that's because enough women are in positions of, of influence within the companies that make that stuff that they were able to say, look, there's a gap in the market. You guys should, you know, we should be making this stuff. So I see it all over the place, and it's really just about time and progress. And it helps to have a lot of visibility. When we we got to wrap it up in a couple minutes here, but tell me when when you face a challenge, when you face somebody, probably not necessarily a man. I don't want to be that divisive out of the gate, but usually somebody pushes back on you. Oh, come on, Holly, really? This is, or does that not even come up anymore? Is that not even an issue? I'll never remember I was in Gabon, and I was at a conference for um, the weekend was um, a business conference, and then the the Monday, the first lady had organized a uh, conference for women and girls. And I was in the um, lobby uh, on the Sunday, I think, and, um, you know, a gentleman in a business suit sidled up to me and said, so why are you here? Welcome to our country. Why are you here? And I said, well, I'm here for this business conference. When do you leave? And I said, well, I don't leave till Tuesday because I'm saying there's a conference on women and girls for Monday, which is really uh, women. I think I just said women. Conference on for women on Monday, which is really the reason I came. And he looked at me and he literally laughed in my face. <laughs> he said, so what's Tuesday, kids? Oh, and man. right and and but honestly he thought it was ludicrous that there'd be a conference for women absolutely ludicrous it he didn't mean to be rude he just thought it was ludicrous thankfully that's only happened one time yeah um because here's the good news every man i've ever met has a mother <laughs> it's true and yeah, it's most good. men i meet 
have either a sister or a daughter. Yeah. And to the point that I made earlier, that it's a it's the power of oh I I've experienced that or I know someone like that or I love that person. You know, how can you be against something that's fifty percent of the population? Yeah. And 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 who represent people you love and admire and respect. And so it's actually not. And even in the developing world, in cultures like in a place like Afghanistan, where there's so much tradition of keeping girls back or keeping them, you know, under the Taliban of not sending girls to school, et cetera. Most dads just want the social permission mm. to have mm. their daughter lead the best life. Most you, dads and mothers just want to know that by educating their daughter, they're not wasting their money or doing yeah. something, or that she won't find a mate. You got to so wonder if, in, Holly, if you got to wonder if in some some cultures, if we all, on some level, I'd like to think, know deep down that this is fundamentally wrong, and yet their collective ideological BS. That's exactly, that's right? exactly what it is. Yeah, right? It's like yeah. um, collectively, did we all know that segregated water fountains was wrong? <laughs> right. You know, right, or, right. or a better idea would be tobacco. Like collectively, for a long, long time, we ignored the fact that tobacco was killing people. But because it, it was cool and fun to smoke, I mean, I look at Paris, right? Paris was a bottle of wine and a cigarette. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then if you collectively, if you, if you change hearts and minds, both from the, you know, policy level, so you create laws like you can't smoke inside, you know, suddenly you're, you get out of smoke, it's really uncomfortable, you're standing in front of the building. But then you also create um, energy around clean, healthy living and your health and being, right? And suddenly... There's a the worm turns and suddenly smoking is no longer cool. It's gross. And so in one generation you can move from something being central to a culture like smoking in France to not you're not allowed to smoke in cafes in France. And so a younger generation is now growing up probably not thinking smoking is such a hip thing. And so yeah, it's just you mean to me that to me this is the missing place, a missing place in in development generally and which is why we as journalists felt that we had a, a role to play, which is you can deliver all the backpacks in the, in the world that you want and you can have, pay for as many scholarships as you want, but unless you change the minds of mm. the gatekeepers for the girls, you're never going to have the demand that you, that that will cha- that will change society forever. So you That's actually good. have to start with attitude. It's good. It's great. You know? Which is what you're doing with your radio show. So well, you're making an impact by spreading ideas. Now, what I would say to anyone who listens to your radio show is that their experience listening will be much better if every time they listen to a podcast of yours, they ask a friend to join them. Mm. Because actually, change happens in pairs or threes oh. or groups. It doesn't happen by yourself. It's interesting. Wow. So if you're ingesting a new idea, try to ingest it with somebody else because then you have a shared space for conversation. I so love that. I mean, that to me is the topic for our next podcast together, which (laughs) which I hope you'll agree to. But I love the notion. It's a great place to end that change happens in pairs and threes and groups. I mean, it it takes others, right? It takes others. There's an an embrace. There's a community there. It's beautiful. Because we're we're pack animals. Well, I kind of think if if we're wired for anything, it's relationships. That's That's right. That's kind of the way I see it. Holly, thanks so much for joining us today. I... I, holy smokes, time went fast. I, I uh, really admire what you guys are doing at Girl Rising. Girlrising.com, as it sounds. Holly Gordon, co-founder and CEO, joining us today. Thanks a lot, and I really do hope um, that we can do a part two. Thanks, David. I really appreciate your time and your interest. And I hope I didn't go on too long. <laughs> oh, you didn't go <laughs> you on. You tell. You press play, and I don't stop. <laughs> hey, hey, not long enough in my world. So, But uh, we'll, we'll look forward to a part two. Thanks again. Great. Thanks a lot.